This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com. Last Sunday, I started a new series of messages called He's Got All the Power That You Need. And I based that, uh, that this new series that we're in off of the text that I used, the scripture that I used on Easter Sunday. Uh, it was funny. I mean, I've read that scripture out of Ephesians chapter 1 many, many times, but it just really captured my... Have you ever had that happen with scripture? where scripture that you have read maybe dozens of times in the past, just like a light bulb comes on or something just really grabs your attention, your heart. And um, that's what kind of happened to me as I was reading Ephesians chapter 1 for, uh, I don't know, the, the 50th time or whatever I've read it in my life. And, and just part of what that scripture says just caught my attention. And, and so it... It was like the Lord said, I want, you to, I want you to share more about that with the congregation. So this is what we looked at on, on Easter Sunday morning, Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him. Of course, we're talking about the Lord. It is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Now, we just sang about that. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, you know. And it's, the one, it's that power raised him from the dead, placed him at a place of honor at God's right hand in heaven. And it, it, verse 19 just really jumped out at me where God is saying here, I want you to understand something. I've got incredible great power available to you if you will believe me for it. So it's much more than just a religious form. This becomes something that is powerful. And really, as I thought about it, and the Lord began to direct me to bring this series of messages to you, I, 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 what I felt like that was saying was, he has all the power that you need. So whatever you're looking at that seems overwhelming, seems like it's impossible, the Lord is telling you today, that he has all the power you need for whatever you're facing to bring you through as a, an overcomer. And that is through the person of the Holy Spirit. We talked last week about how God is one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and how he moves primarily in the world today through the power of his written word, but also of the Holy Spirit, enlightening that word and empowering us in our hearts to be everything that God wants us to be. And so he's saying through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the person of the Holy Spirit, God has incredible, great power for you. He wants you to understand this. Now, as with any person, you can draw or allow the Holy Spirit to be close to you, or you can push him away from you. Now, you can do that with any person, right? You can allow them to be close to you, or you can push them away from you. What God, I believe, is challenging our church and each of us individually is to get to know the Lord deeply. Get to know the power of his spirit and grow deeper in your relationship with him. 
Now, all of us do have people that we keep at arm's length, and that's, that's a good thing to do with some people. Some people you should not allow to get close to your heart. Don't allow them to influence you, even if they call themselves Christians. Some people, they tear you down, they pull you down, they're divisive. And, and you need to keep them, you need to treat them lovingly, but you need to keep them at an arm's length. In other words, that you're not going to allow a poisonous spirit to poison your, your spirit, right? And so you got to keep them at arm's length. But many people, hopefully most of God's people, bring a benefit to our lives. I think it's tragic, though, when we look at the Holy Spirit and we keep him at arm's length. Like we are afraid of what he might want to do in our lives. Um, I, I know that some believers, it seems like they almost draw a line in the sand as to how far they will go in their relationship with God and their closeness with the Lord. They, they want some of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Certainly, they want to be saved. They, they want to know that they're saved and they're, they're in right relationship with God. But they don't want this, this thing with the Holy Spirit to go too far in their lives. But I believe that you cannot have too much of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that is the point of what I'm trying to share with you today. I want to encourage you to develop a hunger for more of the Holy Spirit in your life. You say, how do you do that? The first thing you do is you ask God to give you a hunger for more of him. If you find that you have grown um, complacent a little bit in your walk with God, begin to seek God for more of a hunger for him. He will give you a greater hunger. Jesus said, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. And so if you hunger and thirst for the Lord's moving in your life, you will be filled. So the first thing you do is you say, Jesus, I want everything you've got. By the power of your spirit, just fill me. Give me a greater hunger. Oh, Lord, just begin to fill my heart, fill my life. I want to know you. I don't want to just know you when I come to church. I want to know you when I drive out there on the high highway. I want to know you when I go to work. I want to know you when I, when I interchange with my or interact with my neighbors. I want to know you in my marriage. I want to know you, Holy Spirit, in my relationship with my children. So God wants you to develop a hunger for a deeper relationship with him. Now, the reason for that is because of all the benefits that the Holy Spirit will bring into your life. Uh, there are things in God that you and I can experience that some of us are not experiencing because maybe we don't even know that they're available. So I can't exhaust this subject entirely, but I can give you a couple of things that, that I have grown to understand of the benefits of what uh, the Holy Spirit will do within each of our lives. Let me just care, share a couple of thoughts with you. First of all, the Holy Spirit wants to be your friend. Why does he want to be close to you? Why does he want you to develop a hunger? Because he wants to be your friend. Now, if it is true that that the Holy Spirit wants to be your friend, why should you be afraid of him? Why should you be afraid of someone who wants to be a friend? Proverbs 19, or excuse me, 18, 24 says, a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Closer than a brother. 
you know, I, I have a brother, and my brother and I are 10 years apart in age. So I, I tell him he's an oops. You were an oops, Greg, you know, just, just so you know. I was planned, you were an oops, you know. Because we were 10 years apart, we weren't really very close to one another until we became adults. But when we became adults, we decided, this was a, a decision that he had to make and I had to make, that we were going to grow closer to one another. And today, even though we live 800 miles apart, we are still close to one another. We have developed a close relationship with one another. Now, what I want you to understand was the, the nature of the fact that we were 10 years apart made us so that we weren't naturally close because he was a little kid by the time I'm leaving high school and going off to college. So I, I didn't really know him in his teenage years other than occasional times we'd come back to visit. But when he became an adult, I already was an adult, we decided that we were going to start developing what we didn't have naturally in the same home. And from that, he has become very close to me and he has become a very close friend, closer than a brother. And I think the same thing needs to happen with you and the Holy Spirit. You see, unless you decide to make the Holy Spirit close to you, you can keep him at arm's length. You can keep him distant. If I didn't decide to make my brother close to me, we would not be close today. If he didn't decide to make me close to him, we would not be close today. It took both of us. God wants to be close to you. The Holy Spirit wants to be your friend. He wants to be close to you, but you have got to hunger for that. You have got to decide that you want that in your life. Let me put it this way. If you are spiritually still where you were 10 years ago, that what I'm telling you is there is more for you that God has in your spiritual life. There is more in store, so to speak. But if you draw a line in the sand spiritually and you keep the Holy Spirit at a distance, you keep him at arm's length, you'll never know the intimacy of his friendship, of him speaking to your heart, of his, him speaking into your life. And he can become a friend, a counselor, a comforter that you have never known in your life before. Maybe some of you were raised to kind of keep your distance from the Holy Spirit. And I know a lot of people are. They, they go to, to churches where the church will encourage them to find salvation, certainly. But don't talk too much about the work of the Holy Spirit beyond that. And, and I think that that it's tragic when churches do that because they, they keep people from receiving the greatest blessing that, being, that God offers of being a, a Christian, having God as their friend through the person of the Holy Spirit. My opinion is this. If you keep the Holy Spirit at a distance from you, it becomes very easy for you to become very formal and very ritual, ritualistic in your spiritual life. In other words, even it doesn't matter what church you go to, you can become very formal, very ritualistic, and lose the power of it. Uh, 
Paul told, the, uh, told Timothy, who was the pastor of the Ephesian church, he said there are people who have the, the image or they have, the, the, they have what looks to be a great relationship with God, but they lack the power of their relationship with God. And that's possible. We can become so Christianized that we look the part but the reality is we're dead on the inside. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit actively working in your life, what you have received can become formalized. But God didn't save you to make you religious. He saved you to renew a lost friendship that was lost because of our sin against him. It was severed. And that's what he wants now to be, is a friend to you, a renewed friend in your life. But you and I ultimately make the decision on how far we will allow that relationship to grow within us because the Spirit will not force himself on you. You must desire him. You must hunger for him. When we keep the Holy Spirit at arm's length, we set ourselves up for spiritual failure because the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to overcome in all areas of our life. Many believers, I, I feel, uh, live in perpetual de defeat spiritually because they have not learned the need of developing a closeness, a close friendship with the Holy Spirit. And so they live relying then, if you don't have the Holy Spirit helping you, the only thing you've got is human wisdom and a human point of view on dealing with all of the issues that we deal with in life. And I will tell you, having lived as long as I have, that human wisdom will not get you the success that you need in your life. Friendship with the Holy Spirit brings to the table God's point of view. God starts speaking into your heart. He speaks into your soul about the business decisions you need to make with your business. He speaks into your soul about relationships that you're having, even romantic relationships. He speaks into your heart about the direction your life should take for the future. The truth is you cannot approach life only with human wisdom. You can't just sit down and say, well, this makes good sense to me. It may make good sense to you and may lead you straight to uh, defeat in your life. The Apostle Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 10. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish the strongholds of hell. So what, what he's saying here is if in our spiritual life we fight through life only with worldly wisdom, with the world's point of view, human reason, you are going to lose, even in disciplining your children, even in guiding your children. You must have the Spirit working in you and through you to give you the ability to go beyond what the world says. You must have the direction and the insight of the Holy Spirit in dealing with the issues that all of us deal with. So when Paul in this verse talks about waging war, he's not talking about going to war, a literal war. He is talking here about daily struggles that every one of us face, whether you're talking 2,000 years ago when he wrote this or whether you're talking about 2016. All of us have daily struggles. They had them there. We have them now, today. Struggles with our finances, struggles with provision, struggles with not enough, 
struggle within our marriages, struggles with with our kids and raising our kids, struggles with with direction, struggles with with wondering and feeling, is God really going to use my life? Struggle in your marriages, struggle in in your career and career choices, maybe struggles regarding your health, struggles regarding temptation. And we all face these things in life. We need divine wisdom. We need divine guidance to cut through the clutter and the confusion to find God's answer, his direction, and his ultimate blessing upon our lives. And that's what friendship with the Holy Spirit wants to do. In other words, what I'm telling you, as you grow closer to the Lord, he begins to speak to you. And you begin to hear and discern his voice. And he will speak with you as your friend about the specific thing you're dealing with that I may not be dealing with or about the specific thing I'm dealing with that you're not dealing with. You understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Why would you want to keep the Holy Spirit at arm's length when all he wants to do is be a friend who, who will offer you guidance, who will offer you strength, and, and will, will keep you safe in the world in which we live? In John 10.10, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. This is something that just, just broke out into my heart. I mean, I've preached from that verse hundreds of times probably through the years. And yet it never jumped out to me the way I'm going to share with you right now. Now, the Greek word translated full here means beyond measure. It means beyond abundant or more abundantly. So... I want you to have life more abundantly. I'm, I've got life for you that's beyond measure, that's exceeding abundantly, you know, uh, superior, excessive, all these words. And I don't understand everything that that means, but I will tell you, that sounds great to me. I want to have a life that's super abundant. Anybody in for that? I want to have a life that has God's more than, uh, more than beyond measure abundance within my life. But here's what, I, here's what the, Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and showed me. Some believers are content to cut off their experience with God at the first life. At the first life. Now, go back up. The thief comes on to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life. And that's where they put the period. What is that? That's salvation. I have come that they might have life. That's the eternal life that Jesus gives to us. And there's a lot of us that we cut it off right there. Uh, we're saved. That's our goal is just to make it through the pearly gates, you know, barely sneak in, whatever. But that's as far as, as we take it. But Jesus said there is more for you. And what this is saying is it, there, there is an additional touch that comes through the person of the Holy Spirit, which makes it not just life, but abundant life. Not just life, but superior life. And so what this is saying is you can have Life, or you can have life to the full. Okay, you seeing that? You can have life, or you can have life beyond measure. I'm up for the beyond measure part. You can have life, or you can have superior, unequaled, excessive life. And what I have learned is that the difference between life and life to the full is in the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. If you will allow the Holy Spirit to be your closest friend, 
you will find more contentment in your Christian walk. You will find more success over the enemy in your faith and victory over the struggles that, that you have faced in life more so than you have ever known before. Friendship with the Holy Spirit is going to bring to you that life that is beyond measure that I think all of us want in our Christian walk, or as the Message Bible puts it, more and better life than you ever dreamed of. Wow! I tell you, if that is true, give the Lord praise. That is just exciting to think about. Amen. More and better life than you ever dreamed of. Now, the second thing that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life is he wants to be your helper. Man, I need all the help I can get. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I need help. In John chapter 14, uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's starting to talk to his disciples here about the time where he's going to be leaving, where he won't be with them any longer. But he wanted them to know that even though he was going to be killed and buried and then raised on the third day, and then ultimately he was going to ascend back to the Father. He, he shares all of that with them in John uh, 14, 15, and 16. But even though he's going to be gone, this is what he said he was going to do. He was not going to leave them alone or powerless. He said in verses 16 and 17, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So that's why I'm saying right here, you can't just rely on worldly wisdom. You can't say, well, I'm 50 years old. I have all this experience. I can figure it out on my own. No, you can't. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to notice a couple of things from these two verses here. Number one, the, the person that Jesus was asking the Father to send is called here, the helper, or specifically, another helper. Now, last week, I, I told you that the word another means one of the same kind. So this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying that the Holy Spirit's going to come. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to be just like me, except he's going to do even greater things than I do because he's going to do it through you. So that's why he could say, greater things than I have done will you do because I'm going to the Father and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. So when, what, what that meant was that it's not that Jesus lacked power, it's just that Jesus was in a physical body. And so when he was, when he was in Nazareth, he was in Nazareth, he wasn't in Jerusalem. When he was in Jerusalem, he wasn't in Bethlehem, he was in Jerusalem. You understand what I'm saying? You know, I'm up here, you're down there. Physical limitations, you know, I am not... I'm kind of with you, but not with you, you know, because I'm not where you are. I am up here. You are down there. And what, what this is saying is that Jesus was where he was, and he ministered to the people he could minister to, but the time was coming that the Holy Spirit was going to be sent upon God's people, and this would make all of them little Jesuses with little J, not big J, little J, and we were going to go around touching the world through the power of the Holy Spirit, and you never have to worry about this being a, an inferior thing. It's going to be great because God is not just going to be with you. He is now going to be in you. So, praise the Lord. You know, but so many of God's people are so uncertain about the Holy Spirit. In fact, I know a lot of you, perhaps this is all new teaching to you, you've never heard about this before. We start talking about the Holy Spirit, and it almost sounds like Star Wars. 
You got, you know, the, the force be with you, you know. Is that what we're talking about? You know, so you got the dark side of the force. Oh, that must be Satan. Then you got the good side of the force. Well, that's God, the Holy Spirit. But they all sound kind of mystical to me. And so we keep everything at arm's length. We just don't want to get too close to any of it. But Jesus says that the Father is going to send a helper. Someone to help you, not to hurt you. Someone to help you, not to embarrass you. Someone to help you, not to make you do what you don't want to do. I have known Christians that have said to me, well, if I really surrender myself to the Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm glad I'm saved, but if I really surrender myself to the abundant life side of things, the, the greater touch, then God will make me do something I don't want to do, like go to Africa or something. You know, I don't want to go to Africa. But that's not true. In fact, Jesus called him, and this is the second thing that I, I want to share with you today from these verses. Jesus called him the spirit of truth. He's not deceptive. He doesn't lie. He doesn't promise and then not deliver. God isn't mystical. He's not weird. He doesn't use bait and switch. The devil does that. The devil will lure you in and then change the everything at the last moment, and you'll find out you just got took. You ever been took by a con man? There are con men all over the, the airways today. You know, buy this, buy that, and you'll be, boy, you'll be suckered in. You know, and, and, and I have bought some of that stuff only to find out that I made him rich, not me. You know what I mean? The, that's the devil's work. Jesus is not a con man. The Holy Spirit is not a con man. The Father is not a con man. He's truth. He's your helper always. The goal of the Holy Spirit in you is to help you. To help you know what Ephesians 1.19 says, God really wants us to know how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him. So let me just ask you, what do you need help with? If I was to sit down one-on-one -on -one with every single one of you, what would you tell me you need help with today? Do you need guidance for a decision that you need to make this week? Should I sell the house or not? You know, should, should I take, th th this is another one. Do you need help knowing whether you should take the job offer or not? Because sometimes we look at, well, if it's more money, take it. Boy, there's been a lot of people that bought into that and regretted it after. And the Holy Spirit helps you with that. Do you need help with provision? There's just not enough. You have lack. Do you need God's healing in your spirit? Do you, are, you, are you encumbered with, with depression and anxiety and anger in your spirit? Do you need help overcoming an addiction? Do you need help overcoming temptation? Do you need help overcoming and living a pure life before the Lord? Do you need help with your physical body? I will tell you that the Holy Spirit has helped me in so many ways through the years to be so far beyond what I ever thought God would ever do for me 40 years ago when we were starting out in ministry. I will just give you a for instance because it's so indelibly impressed upon me. In 2008, so it's eight years ago, um, 
We have a, a network of, of ministers that we call the Rocky Mountain Ministry Network for our denomination. And the Rocky Mountain Ministry Network is a, is a network of over 500 ministers and pastors that are in the states of Colorado and Utah. And we, we govern by an elective process, and so we had a superintendent. He was elected by the brothers, and, and an assistant superintendent and secretary treasurer. Those are the executive officers. Well, I happened at that time to be the assistant superintendent for our, our ministry network. And I was still the pastor here, but that's an office I served our, our district with. Well, it just so happened in February of 2008 that our superintendent, the man who was giving full-time leadership to this network of pastors and churches, resigned and took a, a position with the national office. And so the district looked to me and said, well, we don't have our, our district meetings until the end of April. Jim, we need you to, to serve as the interim superintendent of the district until we can elect a new superintendent, you know? And so I thought, oh my, um, you know, it was okay being the assistant because I was still your pastor and I wasn't really all that involved in it, but this meant I was gonna have to up this to a whole new level. And one of the things that I'd have to do is chair or govern, so to speak, a, a gathering of, a business gathering of all these pastors as we met together to do the business of our, of our district. And, um, and so I, I, I do need to tell you that I, you could count on one hand the number of times that I had ever spoken on, on the floor of, of our district council meetings that I had ever said anything. It's not that I had nothing to say, but I generally tend to learn more listening to other people than to myself, although I'm kind of talking a lot today, so I'm not sure what that means. But anyway, looking past that, um, and so I just never shared a whole lot, never said a whole lot, but we've been in the district like 35 years or so at that point. Everybody knew us, and so now I'm, I'm the person who's up in charge. I'm sitting at the desk that's guiding and directing the whole thing, and I said, God, I've never even hardly talked on the council floor in all of these years. How in the world can I give direction to that? And I will tell you that an anointing from the Holy Spirit settled down upon me. I felt the Holy Spirit come upon me. In a, now, I've been saved for a long time, baptized in the Holy Spirit, so I know what the Holy Spirit feels like, but this was a different anointing that came upon me. It was like God was saying, don't you worry about a thing. I will use you to guide and direct the business of, the, of this council. And I will tell you that for those three days, I felt such an anointing with confidence and clarity. I was able to get up, had good counsel from other people that helped me as well. But I got up and, and gave direction to the council affair and all of the business that we were dealing with, which was heavy that year until the moment that the new superintendent was elected in that meeting. And when he was elected, I literally felt the anointing lift off of me and go over and settle on him. I am telling you the truth. At that moment, at that moment, I became a bumbling idiot again, you know. But during that time of, of, of special anointing, I felt the presence of God giving me ability beyond what I naturally have. Now, what I'm telling you is that doesn't just happen to pastors. This is available, according to Paul, to all who believe, who, to all who hunger. So what do you need help with? 
God says, I will be your helper through the power of the Holy Spirit. I will be your friend through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that God wants to start the process right now. Last week, I talked to you about the person of the Holy Spirit. Today, I'm talking to you about a hunger for the Holy Spirit. If you're hungry for the Holy Spirit, next week, I'm going to talk to you about the fulfillment, the first step of, of the fulfillment of that hunger that the Lord is going to bring into your life. And I can't wait to share that message with you. And that'll be next week. But if you're hungry, the process can start right here today. God will start moving. He'll start encouraging. He'll start increasing. He'll start developing in your life what you maybe have never had before. All You say, what do I have to do? All you have to do is say, God, whatever he talked about, that's what I want. What he talked about, that's what I want. I am tired of trying to live my Christian life in my own power, my own strength. I'm flopping. I'm messing up all over the place. I am ready for more of your anointing upon my life so that I can enter my workplace tomorrow with a different mindset, with, with a different way of looking at it. So I can drive down Bangor today with a new mindset, a new way of life. Stand with me, if you will, please. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.